Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, hello, my friends. Old and new. Welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of Mirths and Monsters. It's been quite the journey since me and the wee man shared our first adventure and we want to thank each and every one of you who've helped us along the way. Even Ray will. I asked you if we were to revisit an earlier subject, what would you like? And the results are in. My friends, join me and the wee man as we venture back to Loch Ness. I had a feeling that would be the case. So a couple of weeks ago, me and the kiddo had a wee trip to Drumna Drocket to set up camp in the banks of Loch Ness itself. We packed sensibly, sandwiches, appropriate wet weather clothing, but as it turned out, the heatwave even hit Scotland. So I had to remove the outermost of my three jumpers, lest I break out into a sweat. We also packed the deep fat fryer, just in case there were any roaming wild Mars bars that could be caught and used as a snack. Oh, as I was packing, I found an old coat, and you know when you put on a coat you haven't worn in a while and you find some money? Happened to me. Except it wasn't money. It was some more sandwiches. Happy days. We were sorted. Dent was set up in no time at all. Finn is really learning his knots. And after a day of driving on the crypto cycle, no magic used this time, we settled down for the night knowing that tomorrow was going to be a big adventure. Good morning all. Let me tell you what the plan is for today. Last time we were here, we borrowed the boat of a local landlady. But I've since invested and bought myself a little seagoing vessel that we've decided to call Whiskey Lower. It was an emotional launch. I broke a bottle of expensive champagne over the prow of the boat and made a very moving speech. Well, what actually happened was I poured a flask of Glenfiddich whiskey on it and said, please don't sink. Either way, we've now got ourselves a boat and a bike. We're slowly turning into a Scottish Batman. I think that means I've got to mope about a big house during the day then dress up at night as a small mammal helping solve crimes. Jarbo man to the rescue! Come hamster boy! Somewhere the inner tube of a toilet roll needs to be chewed erratically. Oh no, it's my nemesis! A wheel! <coughs> Sorry. Lost my train of thought there. Where was I? Oh, I Aboard the whiskey lower. The other items me and the wee man packed was our scuba gear, specially adapted for Finn, of course. He had to have it in green. Apparently it looked more natural that way. Anyway, here we stand on the deck, all scubaed up and about to have ourselves an innocent little swim in Loch Ness. Nothing else. No looking for a giant prehistoric monster who may or may not exist. Totally does exist. Okay, folks. Here we go! 
This is present day CK. Now my Martha friends, the wee man and I have diving gear that we're currently working on. The old style bell helmet design. This will enable speech underwater. As it is, we are in the more traditional style and being able to talk sensibly underwater is as not yet possible. So what will happen now is that I will translate what I'm saying from the original recording in a very bad impression of Sir David Attenborough. I thank you. Here we are, under the cold, bleak surface of Loch Ness. Where me and the wee man are heading to a specific location along the west bank of the loch itself. At around 189 metres below the surface, 189 metres, which in feet is, ooh, substantial, I have located from previous visits an area that I believe could well be the entrance to a giant cavern that houses the Loch Ness Monster. Using one of the brightest lights known to exist, which of course is the light that comes on inside the fridge at 3am when you want a snack and the rest of the house is in darkness. I feel Finn's scuba-clad paw on my shoulder. I look, and his snout is pointing to where we need to be. Good boy. We swim down, and there it is, blending in perfectly with the surrounding walls of the loch. It looks like just another moss and lichen-strewn section, but after previous visits, and using sonar and the tides... I knew there was something in this area. We swam forward, and, as if by magic, the green vegetation gave way, and we both entered the cave. It's getting bigger as we go further. There seems to be light up ahead. I do beg your pardon. That was the beans I had for lunch. And so, my friends, present day me again. From here on in, we go back to the original recording of what Finn and I found in that cavern. The water continued on a well-worn path and joined a waterfall to the left of the entrance. About a further 50 metres in, me and Finn were on dry land again and able to remove our masks. And now let's go back to previous me and Finn. Okay, wee man, let's investigate. As we walk forwards, the light gets brighter and brighter. It doesn't seem unnatural, such as a floodlight at a stadium. Hang on, what's that? A shadow has appeared on the cavern wall up ahead. A large head and a neck. A long neck. Oh boy, I think... I think we've found... 
The shadows stop moving, and then drops to the ground. CK, is that you, sir? Please, come in if your feet's clean. Billy, what's going on? As the tall, lumbering figure walks towards me, let me remind you of who I mean. In my previous episode about Bigfoots, I met the son of a couple of them. His name was Billy, and he was the most polite being I've ever met. His voice is distinctive because his mum is Scottish and was teaching him the northeast of Scotland colloquial language of Doric, but his accent is just very well spoken. You could spot that a mile away, but I never thought I'd hear it in the cave of Nessie. He came striding up to me. He'd grown since the last I saw him, and he had gotten much stronger. I found that out when he picked me up and gave the biggest of bear hugs. Fit like CK, such a joy to see you. Foo's your doos. I'm fine, Billy. I managed to squeeze out. Couldn't put me down, could you? Ah, sorry, Mary. <clears throat> oh, I mean, sorry, CK. I noticed the change in language, but I'll let it be for just now. Okay, Billy. I've seen some remarkable things on my travels, but this has got me flummoxed. What's going on? Let us walk and talk, and I'll get yourself updated. We walked on after Billy and Finn had shared a less squishy and bone-rattling hog, and we walked towards the light. It was a couple of hundred feet, which is about a lot of metres, and the passageway, which was already vast, widened and widened the closer we got to the light. Billy was still talking. Something about becoming addicted to iron brew and deep-fried confectionery, but I was lost in a moment of sheer wonder. The passage had ended. Where we all now stood was near the edge of a canyon, the size of which was staggering. It looked as though a section of the Grand Canyon had been uplifted and planted with a hefty thud underneath the west coast of Scotland. Billy had noticed his words were falling on deaf ears. It's Arthur Bonnie, isn't it, CK? I didn't move for the longest time when I first saw it. It's breathtaking, and the light makes it seem extra special. Yes, the lights. I finally snapped out of my wonder and noticed that the lights was being produced by moss. A greenish hue to the white light it was producing. It was everywhere. It covered the sides of the canyon. It covered the roof. I walked over to the wall behind me for a closer look and it turns out I knew what it was. It was Kistostega. Also known as Goblin Gold or Dragon's Gold. Does this mean Nessie's a dragon? Is it just coincidence, or is this a very in-joke? I'll need to pay a visit to Okanagan very soon, I think. I turned back to Billy. 
I'm sorry, my friend. I'm enthralled by all that I can see here. Ach, do you worry yourself, Loon. <clears throat> okay. As you may have noticed, I've been speaking in a slightly different fashion. This is partly to do with why I'm here. Please, let us sit. We moved towards a formation of mossless rocks and relaxed our posteriors. Callum handed me a can of iron brew which I respectfully declined. And then he spoke. Mother wanted me to see the land of her birth and her people. Both Mum and Dad have said that knowing where I'm from will help me with where I'm going. One of the things that's happening is that the Scottish air and water seems to be affecting my speech pattern. You can? It's like it senses my genetic history and wants to enhance it. It's a little scary at times. For some reason I said, There can be only one! So loudly that it woke me in my sleep. However, it's awful interesting, Ken. Anyway, they suggested that I take part in the CEP. You'll have to explain that one to me, my tall friend. Sorry, CK. It stands for the Cryptid Exchange Programme. It's something that's been around for quite a while for us. It's a way for those of us who want to learn the lives and happenings of other cryptids. So that means while you're here... Nessie is currently having a whale of a time in Lake Okanagan. And between you and me, the Ogopogo monster that is meant to reside in the Okanagan and Nessie have never been seen in the same lake at the same time. If you can fit, I mean. You're saying they're the one and the same? I am just saying that if you were to ask the monster who resides in the Okanagan right now, what its favourite sport was, it would more likely be rugby than ice hockey. Well, I am surprised. This is fascinating stuff. Who else has taken part in this programme? Oh, there are a good few. The best one I can tell you about is the Mothman. Billy looked around as if to make sure we were alone. Considering we were in a hidden cavern deep within Loch Ness, that seemed odd. And yet I found myself copying him. There is no Mothman anymore, CK. I was completely taken aback by this news. I, but Billy, I've just seen when... Oh, hang on. That was in the 1950s. Keep talking, Billy. Yes, you see, that's where there's such a gap between sightings. The remaining Mothmen left with a squad of men in black back to their planet. They felt that the Earth was a bit too dangerous for them. So what happens now is that a cryptid who fancies being the Mothman for a spell can do so. Basically, it's for nostalgic reasons, and also tourism. Me, the wee man and Billy all took a moment to sit back and soak in the view. The place was serene. Finn was starting to doze off. Then his eyes flew open and he was on his feet in a flash and by my side. I wasn't sure what he was aware of, but then I heard the soothing voice of Billy. Don't worry, wee man. It's just the haggis display team. 
I had no words. And then I heard the noise. And then something caught my eye in the distance. It looked like a massive swarm of insects. But as it flew toward me, I could make out Haggis! In a flying V formation. Then they swooped down towards the lake at the bottom of the canyon, skimming the surface, their longer legs leaving a wake. Then they shot up and started to crisscross between each other, missing each other by what must have been only inches. That was followed by the regrouping of the flying V formation when, and with a very dramatic looking loop-the-loop, Blue and white smoke started to shoot from, well, by a hope or packs that were strapped to them. They manoeuvred in an intricate fashion and they made the pattern of the Scottish flag. With a last low skim, they flew towards the far end of the cavern and then they were out of our eyesight. The Highland Games are approaching. No. Not the Highland Games, our games. The Haggis display team opened the festivities and have been practicing for weeks and weeks. That was just a very short session. It's going to look fantastic. Your games? There's Highland Games for cryptids. Och, aye, Barney. Need to unwind somehow, eh? Oh, oh, I do apologise, CK. No need for apologies, big man. This is going to be a great place for you. Would you be able to find out if I may be allowed to attend the next games? I will investigate for you. We chatted for a while longer till it got late and Billy's Scottish accent got stronger. Finn was sleepy and we still had some swimming to do, so we said our goodbyes and we made our way back towards the entrance with a feeling of wonder, excitement and contentment running through us. Hello, my Murther friends. Present day me again. Finn and myself swam back to the whisky lower, puttered to shore and after a quick meal of beans on beans, passed out after our exertions and excitement of the day. I'm still waiting to hear about the cryptid games, but there's no rush. Just another adventure to look forward to. Just like this whole past year has been. What the past year hasn't been is possible without you, my wonderful Marthas. Your words, your support, your kindness have kept me, the wee man, Ray, Bobby and Castiel going. Long may it continue. Thank you. Till next time, my friends. Slancha, their good health.